my hand, but in my notes, I had a. So let's well, let's have the guys with a mic. Y'all be ready. Uh, let's let's begin by thinking. Does anybody remember the title from this morning? It had a a, a title, then had a like a subtitle. Anybody remember the title and the subtitle? See, because if we just if we just sit here and kind of doze through everything, and we don't really walk away with getting a hold of what we're learning, then it's really not going to do us much good. So, okay, it's knowing the heart of God was the main, knowing the heart of, <clears throat> knowing the heart of God, and don't be surprised when you're tested. Or you could say it, don't let testing surprise you. Now, what I want us to do this afternoon is think about, we did the, the, the disciples and the storm. I want us to think, and this is where y'all can help. We want to think about Old Testament and New Testament, some times that you could say, and, and again, I understand that the overall revelation is revealing who Christ is, okay? I understand that that's the main that's the main thing. But you can also see, I think, in a way of application, that these could be considered tests. So let me just, let me just, and again, don't be surprised when you are tested. But let me just ask you, if, if you think I may be on track on, on this one, possibly. It's found in Genesis chapter 12, and there are others. So, and if y'all can think of some, this is where y'all can participate, because I'm not going to do them all by any means. But Genesis chapter 12, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Now, as I was preparing and thinking about all this today, the Lord brought this verse, these verses to mind about Abram and his calling out. My question, do you, do y'all think that this could be considered a test. In other words, um, and think about it. If God spoke to your heart and said, I mean, you're not thinking about wanting to leave, and God says, get out of thy country and, and from your kindred, all your family, and your father's house, and, and unto a land... I that I will show you. In other words, start packing, and I'm not going to tell you where you're going off the bat. I just see, I, am I off base too much? I see that as a test. I see that as a test. Now, we know the response. We know how it unfolds. We know the, the account in the Scripture but do we believe together as a church that Abram was tested? 
See, that's the whole idea today. If you walk away and you say, I wonder what he was trying to get across. You need to remember this. We're all going to be tested. We're all going to be tested in one form or fashion. But I believe God is going to test his children because that's his heart. He shows us truth. He lets us hear sermons. He lets us understand teaching. We go to seminars. We read the Bible through it a year. All these things. But if it only stops at the head and it's only information, God says, now you've got the information. I've given you the, the scripture. I've given you the message. Now let's walk through it. Now let me take you through it. Does that make sense? That little saying that Brother Melton used to say to me, I'm telling you folks, years, this is how many years later. And it's really over, let's see. So I've been in full, next month will be 48 years in full time. That's when I left HPD. I went to Riesel in April of 75. And I was with Brother Melton in 72 or 73. He said, God shows you the truth and then leads you into the truth. God shows you the truth, and he leads you in the truth. So God says, pack up, Abram, get ready to go, and I'll show you where you're going later. Now, I want you to think about, honestly, I want you to think if that was you today, in today's setting, in today's atmosphere, in today's world, and God spoke to your heart. Now, let me just say, and I have to be so careful here, I want to be very careful and delicate. It's not me, because, let me see, how can I say this? Um, if I want something bad enough, if I want something bad enough, I can probably find scriptures to justify what I want. Now, we're not talking about stealing, immoral, those kind of things. But if it's something tangible, something I want, I can probably find scripture to back up good enough reasons why I should get it. Does that, do y'all understand that? I mean, I think we're just that good at knowing Scripture. We can almost make the Scripture back up our position. And so, if I want to go, that's different than Abram in his place where he was. If I'm looking to go, if I'm, I, I'm looking for a place, then that's different when God reveals and shows me the place I'm, he's leading me to go. That's different. I think, I think the picture I get is just out of nowhere, basically. God says, get packed up, leave your family, leave your kindred, leave your father's house and your land. Get ready, pack up, and I'll show you later where you're going. And that is, and of course, the message, you know, the message about Abram, his life is a man of faith. He is a man of faith. We see it over and over and over again. He's, hum he's human and he does make some mistakes, but he is a man of faith. So would you say that's a test? Would you say that if you're called to just go and then I'll tell you later, get packed up, get ready, get moving, start out, and then I'm going to tell you where you're going. That's, I, I would call that a test. Now, what about 
Um, what about Abram? I want you to offer your son as a burnt offering. And the account of the burnt offering with his son. Does, do, we, do we see that possibly as a test? I see, I see the wood. I see the fire. But where's the sacrifice? And then Abram says, God will provide. God will provide. He's a man of faith. He walks in faith. He trusts the Lord. He believes him. And, but God will provide. I know he will provide. You can't see the sacrifice right now, but, but he was so willing. He was so willing. The scripture says that he raised his, stretched forth his hand, the Bible said, and the angel of the Lord stopped him while he had his hand up to sacrifice his son. And I've heard some powerful preaching on that, on those texts. I've heard, and you have too, I'm sure. Powerful. Some of the greatest, Adrian Rogers and uh, John MacArthur, and all these different ones. Uh, just powerful messages on the faith that it took to raise your hand against your own son. Being willing to take his life, but knowing that we're, we're going to come down from the mountain. That's what he told his men. We're gonna, we'll come down and we'll worship. So, do, do we, are we getting the idea of, even in the Old Testament, you can see one test after another after another. God, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I see that, and, and uh, Dick, you've taught on that a couple of times in Sunday school, mentioned it several times. It's a powerful account of the power of God, the might of God, but the faith that these men had to believe God he will provide, and if not, we're still not going to worship. You see, so that to me, that is a really, I mean, that is a powerful test that they encountered. Joseph, his, his life, it's a, it's a test. Do y'all see are you beginning to see, can you get the flavor of the different accounts? I think uh, the 12 spies in, at Kadesh Barnea, I, I refer to that one a lot. But I think, I think you could see that as a test. God said, go spy out the land. And they spied out the land. And it did flow with milk and honey. And it was exactly what God said it was. But the giants make us look like grasshoppers. There are giants there. And so, do you have enough faith? Do you have enough faith to go in and, and possess the land that God had already said to go possess? And, you know, majority ruled and they said no. Ten, ten to two. No, we're not. And then the consequence of wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And you see, it's just one test after another. They ran out of food. They ran out of water. They had to uh, uh, go through the Red Sea. One test after another. It's just incredible when you start, your mind starts, you know, thinking about, 
well, let me just see what this test is like. And, oh, that's a test. And, and there's another test. And, there, and God just, it just kind of explodes, blossoms right before your eyes. And you say, man, alive, God is really showing me that he's testing. He's in the business. That's his heart. He, he shows us his truth. And then he tests me and lets me walk through his truth. You know, I love Dr. Blackaby. I love to read his little things. And so let me read you something. And I think this is really important about doubt, about uh, the verse that we read this morning, about they, he did not many mighty works because of their unbelief. So Dr. Blackaby writes, and says, the moment, and this is so powerful, the moment you turn to God, to him, with a genuine commitment to rid yourself of doubt, God will match your doubt or replace your doubt with a revelation of himself. Does anybody get that? Think about that. That's, that to me is just such a power. The moment you turn to him with a genuine commitment to rid yourself of doubt, God will match your doubt or replace your doubt with a revelation of himself that can convince you of his faithfulness. So really, the struggle that we all as human beings face, it's within us. It's inside of me. It's not that I don't have available to me more preaching. It's not that I don't have available to me more books and ability in this day and age of technology to research and get information. The struggle that we face is inside of me and it's inside of you. It's inside of every one of us. We are all human and we battle humanity. In our flesh, you got the world, the flesh, the devil. Our flesh is so real and so active. Don't, I mean, every time, a lot of times people think about flesh, they think of the far out kind. Listen, the flesh can produce limitations on our belief, on our faith in God. I believe the flesh can produce doubt in my life. I, I believe the flesh is capable of causing me to doubt. In, in other words, God says, I want you to get packed and go. And by the way, I'm not going to tell you where you're going until you get moving. Can't y'all just hear Anthony Evans preaching that? I think, I think I can hear him preaching something like that. But the struggle is not with information. The struggle lies within me. What I say to God, and what we can't, what we a lot of times say, show me first, then I'll decide. Show me first, then I'll make up my mind. See, I think it's very hard to say, I'm going, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm just trusting God and I'm, I'm, I'm moving. I'm already moving in a direction. You see, that goes along with Dr. Blackaby's 
thought of God has a will and he has the train is already moving in a direction. It's not my job to have a committee meeting to tell God the plan. He already has the plan. My job is to get on board with his plan. Y'all get it? The train is moving. I'm not at the crossroads to say, okay, God, now we're going to go this way or that way. It's my job just to get on board with God's plan. All right, so, guys with the mic, I want to ask the congregation, can y'all think of biblical, Old Testament or new, biblical illustrations? You know, we don't need necessarily preach it all, but just cite the incident and you can make a comment or so. Anybody have an Old Testament or New Testament account that you could point to and say, I believe this is a test from God. God's showing uh, out of that scripture how he tested. Okay? The, the story about Ananias going to, to Saul and his response of, um, I've heard many by many of this man how evil how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name and just the fact that God was directing him I mean, there's the possibility he could have thought am I hearing something and thinking it's God is this possible right. just me thinking something or right I mean, just that question of, should I really do this? Which right. he does go and obeys, but just that question of, is this real? Yeah, that's what I love about the Bible. It doesn't make everybody perfect. Because I hadn't met, except Jesus, I hadn't met the Christian that's perfect yet. All right, somebody else. Anybody else have an idea? Uh, scripture? That is a uh, a test that you could point to as a test. Okay, right here. I just thought about Joseph with Mary and Joseph. Right, exactly. That'd uh, be a it, test. That's a perfect illustration. That's a perfect illustration. You talk about a test. You talk about a test. I mean, can you imagine the things that were said? I mean. Do you think the people back in those days gossiped at all? Right, right. So, yeah, I, I think that's an excellent, perfect illustration of a test that where, where God's word is very clear. So I think we're getting it. Okay, Stephen, yes, sir. She said, Joseph, I was thinking of Joseph uh, going into Egypt. He had the dream initially that showed him ruling over his parents, even his siblings and his parents, but then being put in prison, I was thinking of that as a test. Yeah, I did too. Uh, before I, before I, before today, I was thinking about that situation. I didn't actually think of Joseph and Mary though. I mean, it's a, it's a, perfect, but I did think of Joseph. Uh, and it's just so, I mean, somebody else, anybody? All right, just a minute. Right, right back here. When Jonah, what? No, Noah. When he was going somewhere, he was going 
I can't explain it. That's okay. <sighs> who are we talking about? We'll get a Bible scholar to answer it. So, who, were we talking about Jonah or Noah? Noah, okay. Perfect. I mean, it's a perfect illustration. Of, I think it's a perfect illustration of a test. All right, Mrs. Bogner. Yes, ma'am. Side of the desert. Right. After being so much in Egypt, and now he's nothing for so many years. Could I, could I read this as sure, a sure. quote sure. from um, the notes in... Um, in Bible Study Fellowship. by So this is by the leader of Bible Study Fellowship, A. Wetherill Johnson. It's called, While the Wind is Blowing. For the eternal substance of a thing never lies in the thing itself, but in the quality of our reaction toward it. If in hard times we are kept from resentment held in silence and filled with inward sweetness, that is what matters. The event that distressed us will pass from memory as a wind that passes and is gone. But what we were while the wind was blowing has eternal consequences. Wow. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yes, I like that. That's good. That's pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. And, um, you know, my wife and I, I don't know if this kind of relates to that a little bit or not, but let's just try it anyway. And if it doesn't, y'all can, it's all right. But we were talking about, we've noticed that old people get cranky. And we're determined not to be cranky when we get old. Anybody get that? <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. I'm going to miss your laughs. I'm going to miss because you get more of the stuff that I say than a lot of people do. So uh, all I can say is, would you just please live stream and then, you know, we'll somehow get a, a microphone with your laugh or I don't know, something. But uh, no, he got it. Now, when we get old, we would rather be sweet than cranky. And I think, I really believe, like Otto Koning, rejoicing is a choice. Now, does that mean every day that I get, listen, it's getting harder and harder to get up. And one day, I'm going to bring in my bag, I've got my bag today. I'm going to bring my bag and I'm going to see if y'all know what these certain items are for old people. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm using them every day, some of them. And some of you won't recognize any of it. But uh, but you can get prepared. See, it'll be lessons for the future. So, um, but I'm going to ask you if you know what these items are. But anyway, I'll bring that in my bag and we'll have a show and tell sometime. But I think there's something to be said about our response to adversity, our response to what God is permitting, our response and and in the end, as, as, as we go through, in the end, we will either be bitter and cranky and irritable, or we will be more Christ-like than ever before. Okay, does that make sense at all? All right, somebody else. These are good. That was excellent, excellent, excellent. I, I love that. Okay, all right, over here. I was thinking about Esther. Okay, tell us. Well, how God said that, well, somebody was going to kill all the Jews because I'm not sure why, but she had to stand up to save all the Jews because she was a Jew too. 
Exactly. I mean, I think, I think we'd be hard-pressed not to find a Bible, Bible character or a Bible situation that you couldn't somehow in some way apply this as a test. I think it'd be harder to find that you would say this is not a test. Because I think that's the way God... See, we're, what have we been studying for three Sundays? Three weeks we've been looking at the heart of our Father. Now, if, we, if we're looking at the heart of our Father and we understand the heart of our Father, then we understand the things that we're going through have been permitted by Him, allowed by Him in His sovereignty, His sovereign will. He's allowed some things. And we need to understand this very well and probably is a test from the Father. And he's interested, and you know, I've said this for years, and I don't know if everyone agrees it's okay. But I, in my experience, I think he continues to test in the same area till we pass the test. That's just what I've observed. It's not like when I was in high school. They passed me because they didn't want to take a chance on getting me again next year. <laughs> they gave me, they allowed me to pass because they did not want to run the risk of having me in their class again, two years in a row. So I passed when I didn't pass. I don't think that, I don't believe that's the way God works. I don't think that's the way God works. He's a patient God. He's a long-suffering God. And he says, okay, here's your test. You fail it. You fail it. Guess what? I believe, this is what I believe, and I think I can show you a few scriptures, but I, I believe that he says, okay, you failed this test. Now we're going to go from here, and we're going to give you another similar test. And I don't believe that God moves to new, fresh ground until we pass. That's just what I believe. I believe he's, he's in the process of making it stick allowing it to happen so that we can, we get it. So when we pass, we really pass. Now, that, oh, okay, I see a mic in a hand. Okay, yes, sir. Uh, I was thinking the same thing regarding the failed test. I, the, nowadays, I'm thinking if we're in a situation where we might be like Peter, like, deny him, you know, like, I think that's a failed test. He was tested, denied, failed. Tested, denied, failed. Right. You know, exactly. Three times. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, he just keeps on lovingly, patiently testing us and allowing us to go through till I believe we pass the test. And um, it's important that we respond to him. This is all about knowing Him, about knowing who He is, knowing our Father, understanding Him, appreciating Him, loving Him, and being a child that brings glory to Him. We need to be thinking about our example to the lost. It always grieves me when I hear of Christians failing publicly and the lost people are, are, are talking bad about it. it just, it's, just, it's just so sad. To me, and I, I, I know of some, I, can't, I don't have the freedom at this point to even and bring it up, but 
Uh, it just breaks your heart. When lost people on the sidelines are looking in, they see Christians fail uh, over and over and over. And, and, they, and, I've, and you know, you've heard me say this for years, and they say, well, why would I want to be a part of that? What, what would cause me to want to accept Jesus Christ by, by the way they're behaving? And I really believe, I don't think it's going to hold water. I don't think it's a valid excuse. I don't think, you know, we've all got to be responsible for our own actions. And that's another thing. That's a whole message, by the way. Americans don't want to accept responsibility for their actions. But I think we need to be accountable and, and be responsible for, for what God uh, shows us in our life. And so it's important that we, that we uh, are the ambassadors for Christ that will bring honor and glory to him. And that's why I don't think it's wrong to be transparent to a point. I think people need to see you're, you're human. But they also need to see that you have unwavering, unshakable confidence in God your Father. I think the lost world really needs to know that message. That the church, we're not shaking, we're not afraid... We are not going to, you know, fight you over it. We have unshakable confidence in our Heavenly Father. We know what His Word says. We know what He's spoken to us individually. And we're going to walk with Him. And we're walking with Him no matter who else will follow. It doesn't matter. I mean, the, the whole church can turn away from God's Word and say there's no God, as some have said, and then they can say they can compromise certain things that we've held dear uh, over the years. And they can say, nah, that, that's no good. And they can criticize and criticize and criticize. Get with God. Find out what God's saying. And stand firm, lovingly firm on what you believe God has said. And trust Him with the outcome. Because you know what? Life is short. And we all are going to give an account one day of our lives. And I hope that we will be encouraged today to think just one more day, one more Sunday, we've had some thoughts that we have engaged our minds <clears throat> and our hearts in trying to do something scriptural, and that's the know the heart of my Father. I want to know Him. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be like so shocked when I get to heaven. Say, whoa, I had no idea. No, I think this is a training ground. In fact, there was one person years ago that I read. Uh, he had a little short book, so those are the kind I could read. Short, paperback, not many words. And uh, the title of it was Training for Raining. Training for Raining. And I'm going to tell you what. We're in training and let's see how we do. Let's see how we do. When you get to the end, when you get to the end of everything, you get to the end of your life, really and truly, have you lived a life of faith, a life of confidence, a life of just absolute trust in your Heavenly Father? Doesn't mean that you don't have your weak moments. We all have them. Doesn't mean that you don't have your struggles and your doubts. They come but they don't stay there. You don't leave them there. 
You take captive every thought. And when something enters in your mind and you know it's unscriptural, you begin to absolutely, immediately take it captive, get it out of your thinking, out of your mind. That's an exercise we ought to be doing daily. That's an exercise. We, and, and we can help each other. Listen, one of the worst things in church, one of the worst things that happens in church is when people talk about other Christians to each other. Bad-mouthing each other, talking about each other. We can help each other. Just, just help by saying, I, you know, I'm really not a part of that, and I don't, I don't think it's beneficial for us. Let's talk about something else. And we can help each other. We don't have to, uh, to feed that. And so let's, let's do our part. So today, anybody else have a, an example? Another example? Roger? Oh, no, I'm sorry. You do? Okay, Roger, right there. faithful servant is one who is full of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's right. So Jesus was led into this truth. Right. And then he followed it. How? He only did what he saw his father do. He only said what he heard him say. What? You know, the evil one's going to come and he's going to have all these prophecies and wonderful things. But one little word will fail him disqualified you're not our savior but this faithfulness is so important and i'm talking about continual loyalty because he'd rather have loyalty than sacrifice right this is what qualifies us for the next job he wants us to do and the result of this is what jesus prayed in john 17 he says father i have glorified you that's the result of it. Having accomplished all you gave me to do. Right. It's impossible to please God without faith. Right. And if we love him, we'll obey him. It's continual faith. So when they say there's people, they're not forgiven because they don't have a place to repent. The place to repent is his laws and ordinances and statutes. That's in Ezekiel 20. Anyway, I just, I believe it's a continual thing. Even one moment. Love him with your whole heart. If there's an area that we enjoy that we know God hates, got a problem. Right. Is there somebody out there that we don't really, I'm not talking about hating, but say there's somebody out there that we really don't love, uh, there's a, we've got to love God completely, 100%. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think it's a continual thing. Yeah. More than the lifestyle. It is our life because Jesus <laughs> I have food you don't know about. Right. Doing my Father's will. And we live by this food, not to buy bread alone, but by every word. So every word that he reveals to us, every nudge that he calls us to do, we must do it or disqualify. Amen. All right. Thank you, Roger. Uh, we appreciate you, your faithfulness to the word of God and your insight. So, anybody else? We're going to wrap it up. Over here, one more. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, there's just kind of an interesting trend if you look in the Bible as far as a lot of times a call comes with, is, it runs in parallel track with a test. In other words, you think about like Moses being called, it's kind of like 
he's not a likely candidate, or David, the shepherd boy. Right, right. Or a Laporte policeman. Right, no. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I think God does that because he knows that if he has a Harvard scholar, that then it will be their own effort, right? But it's interesting that God brings a test a lot of times with a call, that you have to give something up if you're being called to something. So it, sometimes that's almost a validation. If, if you have to give up something or if there's a, a test associated with a call, just like with Joseph, all these we hear, that's kind of a common trend. Right, words, right, all I the way see. through, isn't it? Right. So, folks, this coming week, guess what? This coming week, you're probably going to be tested. And the title, the subtitle of the message was Knowing the Heart of God, but don't be surprised when you're tested. It shouldn't catch us by surprise. Glenn, did you have one final word? Abraham was told that he would have a son by Sarah. Well, Sarah was beyond the years of childbirth, and she gives gives him Hagar right. to have a son by, and Ishmael's born, but then you come to later, God says to Abram, Abraham, that you're to take Isaac, your only son. Yeah, yeah. And just the fact that even though Abraham failed and then brought forth Ishmael, he still had Isaac that at a later time and that even though he failed, he was still able to fulfill what God wanted him to do. Right, exactly. So failure doesn't mean the end of the trail. Okay? Everybody got that? Failure doesn't mean the end of the trail. Failure doesn't mean... I've had this, I've had this so strong in my life that when I was in between churches going from one to the other, Satan was telling me, you're on the shelf. You're done. You're toast. You're history. That's where you have to discern between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. You got to know the difference because Satan is a liar and a deceiver and he's out to steal, steal, and destroy. Be alert. Be aware. Some of the thoughts come into our minds are not from God. And we really need to discern those thoughts. And be aware. Use the shield of faith. Take captive every thought. All these things. It's, uh, the mind is the battlefield. That's where Satan's going to go. If he can get your mind. That's why I think America's in such trouble. Because the thinking that's going on in America is just downright. If you were to let yourself, it's scary. It's scary to hear the way people are thinking and what they're believing and saying. I mean, and it's going through the school systems. We better be, listen, that's what I said this morning. Ground your children in love. Let them know the truth. Because I'm telling you, as more time goes along, I think I don't I don't see a lot of a lot of change. I don't see a lot of hope for corporate America. 
And so we just need to be very, very careful and be steadfast and stay in the word, stay with the Lord and trust him no matter what. And don't let the circumstances control you. Okay, so let's have a word of prayer and then we're going to have our invitation and Dwight's going to come and lead us. Father, we thank you for just this continual um, truth that we've been going over for the last several weeks that we really want to know you. The Apostle Paul cried that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I pray, Father, that we would know you, that we would be able to know this is your voice or it's not your voice. This is from you or it's not from you. And so I pray, Father, that you would accomplish your will, you would bring honor and glory to yourself, and that our lives would count as we go through life and we age and we go through the process. And then apart from you coming for your church, we end up dying. And I pray that our, our lives would mean something. Our lives would uh, be well spent. It would be useful vessels in your hands. So we love you, Father. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. I pray for souls that are lost, people that need to be saved. Pray that they'd come to Christ before it's too late for them, that they'd know Jesus in a personal way. So thank you for this time together this afternoon. Pray your blessings on the uh, fellowship to follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Of invitation.